Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastical with myself, Steve Nussbaum. This is episode 10. Thank you to everyone listening, whether it's in the morning, afternoon or evening, 10 episodes in, in under two months. I'm really having a great time recording this podcast, finding out all about my friends, families, musical tastes. And I'm looking extra extra forward to this episode this evening so if you don't know the fantastical podcast is a podcast where i invite my friends and families to collate their fantasy festival which i have christened a fantastical so let's introduce the guest on this 10th episode of the fantastical podcast he happens to be the head coach of the football team that i support the mighty Leighton orient an experienced podcaster with his work on the orient outlook podcast as the third outlooker one of the top men I know, it's Mr. Ross Embleton. Wow, what an introduction. <laughs> Unbelievable. Thank you, mate. I really appreciate that. Um, I've been really excited since the first episode to come on and, and um, be part of this. So thank you for having me on. Uh, and that's a fantastic introduction. It means a lot. Mate, everyone gets their own fantastical introduction. Thank you so much again for coming on how are you doing how's um how's lockdown been for you it's it's all right it's, it's been a lot like this talking to people um either down the phone um listening to webinars talking on podcasts or um looking at a computer screen and, and talking side or numerous people on the other side of that but i think the, the great thing for me about lockdown there is a great thing is the fact that it's hit everybody in the same way uh obviously um, you know, terrible that people have lost lost people and, and lost family and, and close friends, which which is you know obviously always the most important thing. But I think we, we all it doesn't matter who you are, what walk of life you're in, how, you know how great things are for you, how tough things are. It's impacted everybody very similar. So I think it's brought us all onto a very similar level. So um, frustrated like so many people, and really keen to get back to life and and work. Um, but like I say, embracing the time at home with family and, and, and come out of this better prepared for whatever comes next. Yeah, that's all you can do. Really nicely put there, Ross, as always. So obviously I know you fairly well, but for any listeners who might not know who Ross Embleton is, tell us a bit about yourself. Like, who are you? What do you do? What do you like doing? Who's the man behind the myth? <laughs> um, well, I think uh, I'd like to think I am... Um, an everyday bloke. I'm just looking out the window at my um, new puppy that we bought a couple of weeks ago. So um, really proud of the fact that um, I'm married and got two young children. My daughter's um, on the verge of going to secondary school. Um, my son's a little bit younger than that. We like I say just bought a new puppy at the back end of lockdown. So uh, she's running right and causing absolute nightmares in the house, as, as anybody would know that's uh, been through trying to integrate a new dog into your house. Uh, my full-time job, my um, proud role that I, that I have uh, now is manager of Leighton Orient, uh, a football club that is obviously close to both of our hearts. Um, so I'm incredibly proud and privileged of the fact that I've um, not only become a, or spent a lot of my life in, as, a, as a football coach, I've also managed to become, one, become a football manager, but become a football manager of a club that, um, is close to my heart and one that I've spent my life growing up following, watching, um, playing, 
at coaching at in different obviously now 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 head coach of, of the football club so it's an incredibly proud thing for, for not just me but for my family as well um yeah like i say um just uh looking forward to talking about some music which is obviously for me um when i told my wife i was doing a music podcast this evening she looked at me a little bit strange as if to say what do you know about music and <laughs> and then um i'm almost a little bit of a frown as if to say I'm not sure these these people are going to be prepared for your variation, um, <laughs> but I think the great thing for me is when it comes to to, to for, for in this house that the different you know genres of music and different approaches. Sounds actually brought out music a lot more in the house. We bought an Alexa just before uh, lockdown came in, so we've been able to access music you know just by shouting at, at shouting at her every. Uh, Every morning, so there's a bit of music on in our house a little bit more. So we've probably found out a little bit more about ourselves. And my daughter is heavily into um, into her music, into her singing. We're just in the in the process of looking for uh, singing lessons for her. She loves her TikTok and dancing in front of those videos. Um, and she's recently, you may well have seen it yourself, Steve. She made a um, wonderful video of a of a which is um always lovely to listen to whether i think whether or not they're any good when it's your when it's your own kids it's a, it's a lovely thing to listen to so um i wouldn't i wouldn't prefer i wouldn't say that i'm outstandingly knowledgeable on, on music but i know what i like and i know what i don't like <laughs> so speaking about what you do like then without giving away too many spoilers is there a certain genre that you're into or are you fairly cover all bases i have got the most random sorts of music so where my my wife's quite organised and has got playlists for this and playlists for that. I just put mine all on one app, let it play, and whatever comes out, I deal with it. Um, so there's every chance there's an S Club se- S Club Seven song followed by Boys to Men. Um, but I think my um, I think my variety comes along from like obviously for like a lot of it. I listen to my kids now singing, you know, R and B songs that I listened to when I was a kid. But I think a lot of our music preferences obviously come from our parents and my mum and dad were into their music my dad massively but um you know I always grew up liking and listening to things like Rod Stewart Simply Red UB40 um that that sort of type of music um my dad listens to a bit of heavier stuff rock some rock stuff that um that isn't really my cup of tea but like I say I think a lot of a lot of my preferences have come from my parents and I think I've probably got two sort of go-to levels, which um, is probably R&B. I do like House in Garage, um, but it's not really the sort of thing I really listen to in the car. That's more if I was ever on a, not that they happen but much anymore, but ever on a night out. <laughs> it's something that I suppose you try to hold on to, or I try to hold on to my youth a little bit when those songs come on. I'm in a full... No, we've probably discussed it, but surrounded by a lot of young men every day at training, football there's music on all the time in the changing rooms um so I, I get exposed to a lot of the stuff that i hear these days but some of it's not right up my street so uh, the more modern stuff isn't isn't quite as um appealing to me as as perhaps you know what i would regard as, as a little bit older i get that i get that what are your first memories of buying your first record or your first single can you remember that uh, do you know what um i was obviously trying to work this out earlier on and i the Now albums were, were, were always one for me, probably because of that mixed viewpoint on 
what I, you know, what I liked and what I disliked. I was saying that an outright early album that I bought my brother, he's a DJ, and, and as a kid, there was a, there was a record shop next to McDonald's in Ho Street, Walthamstow, just up by Walthamstow, and I often walked up Walthamstow Market and, and risked being mugged walking up Walthamstow <laughs> Market um, to get to the top and, and my brother to go and buy his records for his, um, you know, to, to, to play on his and stuff like that. But I would say that the the most memorable record, album, tape, even going back, um, that I would say that I bought would to men, the legacy album. Um, I think um, that was something that when I was thinking, other than that, like I say, those um, Now albums and the stuff where there's a real um, collection of, of, of music and songs on it, I would say that the one sort of real real big one that I always remember is that Legacy album by Boys. Yeah, great album. Play to the day. Not the same one. Right? <laughs> Not the same one, but uh, I think the tape might have worn out. Yeah, my, I think my wife's got that one upstairs. Some great, great tracks, Boys to Men. I remember when they first came on the scene yeah. many moons ago. Great vocals. Uh, and a great band. Do you get out much to gigs, or obviously pre-lockdown? Did you get out much to gigs or any any festivals? Not. Do you know what? I've never done a festival, and I would love to. I really would love to. The thought years ago of sleeping in a tent and all the crazy lunatics running around dancing around <laughs> night didn't really appeal to me growing up. But I think as I've got a little bit older, it's something that I'd love to go to. I've been to like some the odd con- different concerts here and there it, uh, like UB40 was one of the first ones I ever went to mum and dad took us to Wembley Arena we sat right at the back um, I've actually seen Beautiful South Live which is a, 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 um, a group that I'll bring up a little bit later when it comes to uh, some of the other bits and pieces we've got to discuss um, little things like uh, took the kids to Jingle Bell Ball this summer this Christmas um, which was um, at the O2. It was a great one for the kids with all like you know the, the more modern day, modern day stuff. Unfortunately, missed people like Tom mm. Walker like that performing. That was uh, that was great. I've seen um, like concerts. I've seen people like Beyonce and uh, and people like that live. But it, I wouldn't say that I've. It, it's um, it's something that I've. Uh, I see the best one I ever saw live was Usher. Oh well, concert. Yeah, I um, I was actually going away on my one of my best mates stag dudes the next morning, and uh, my wife said to me, "Oh, we've got tickets to go and see." And I was like, "Ah, oh, fantastic! What date is it?" And it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's at the old tour. We got stuck in the car park afterwards. I got about four hours sleep before I could get up and get to get to the airport to get on a flight. But um, no, Usher was absolutely fantastic. I'm a little bit more now. I've got a little bit older. Got into more going to like the theatre to see to see stuff like that rather than um, rather than actual actual concerts themselves. If I'm brutally honest, yeah, it happens to the best of us, my friend. <laughs> Tell me about it. Happens that. to the best of us. So as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, the aim of the Fantastical Podcast is getting our guests to collect their fantasy festivals by choosing any five acts, one of whom must play one of their studio albums in full, and an encore which all five acts will perform together at the end of your fantastical. So it's very, very simple. Five acts take five times. So in the last episode of the Fantastical podcast, Richard Strockle collated his Strockfest Fantastical. So he had Nirvana in his opening slot, followed by Bob Marley in his super second slot. In his midway master slot, he had the Eagles, who played their phenomenal album, Hotel California. 
in Richard's pre-headline slot, he had Elvis Presley. And in Richard's headline slot, he had Queen. And for the encore, he had Sweet Child of Mine. So great lineup there. So as you can see there, Ross, you can have any bands or any acts from any eras, any song, anything goes. So normally at this point, I'd make a prediction about acts um, who I think my guests would pick. But with you, I'm really <laughs> not sure. I don't know which way this is going to go. Uh, brilliant, which is good. I like it. I like it because I'll be honest. When we agreed that we were going to do this, uh, do this podcast, and then and you were going to be calling me, I had to put I had to put some notes down myself because I weren't quite sure my uh, myself. And there were some people that or bands and 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 people that missed out, unfortunately, that um that that ran it very close. So I'm glad I'm 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 mysterious for you. <laughs> mysterious Ross, just like mysterious girl. So, very important questions. First up, what are you going to name your fantastical? Do you know what? Growing up and going out on nights out, and 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 some of the albums because the name is very familiar. But some of the albums that um, that they brought out relating to to the music, I would say that was really lively on the sort of club scene as I was. As I was growing up, there was always a club that I always wanted to go to, not because I particularly wanted to go there because I thought it was going to be a particularly great night out, but I, I always used to think like the name just appealed to me so much and it was the Ministry of Sound. So I think I never went, obviously bought like the little albums and stuff that they, um, when I was younger. So thinking tonight about what was, um, what was going to be the name of my festival, I've come up with the mystery of sound and it works quite well for them <laughs> because of the mystery I've caused you in regards to um, <laughs> to my music music choices and I think the thing for me the mystery for me is is like I say that the, the variation that there'll be in there the different um, groups and, and singers that I that I plucked out as um, memorable for me so mystery of sound is, uh, is is the name of my festival I like it so the mystery of sound festival has just been announced so our next quest is to find a venue so you can put on the mystery of sound festival anywhere you like in the world it could be a garden it can be a park it can be a football stadium it can be a, a landscape of any time where, where are you going to host the mystery of sound festival well what i tried to think was how to think to think outside the box a little bit with regards to what you would have expected of me so i think we both with our common interest and common um, love for Leighton Orient would have been the obvious choice for me to make. But yeah. I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted us to try and um, try and stay away from those selections on this occasion. So a place that is very, very close by to Leighton Orient, and you're obviously very, very familiar with, um, is Coronation Gardens. I did seriously think about the Laurie Cunningham statue and the fact that there's the uh, the music area in the middle of the park there, that, that could be a very good one to attach with the Leighton Orient um, connection. By the same time, I'm not sure about people's safety in that, in that park throughout the day, so I think it'd probably be best for us to avoid that venue. <laughs> um, I grew up in Walthamstow, uh, and I touched upon it earlier when, when, when we brought it up about different um, people I'd seen live, but... Um, growing up in Walthamstow, Walthamstow Town Hall was obviously uh, it's quite an impressive building for the people that, that know it, albeit not particularly glamorous in terms of the area that it's in. But it's quite a nice, attractive building. And I used to have my um, 
my football presentations. I played for a team called Grasshoppers when I was a kid. And we used to have our pre- football presentations. And there used to be hundreds of kids from seven to, to 19, 20, all their parents, you know, running around, enjoying ourselves at the end of every football season. And that was a venue that was really close to me. But I saw Beautiful South live at the Waltham Star Assembly Hall. And honestly, there was some peculiar characters there that night. That was, uh, <laughs> that was an eye-opening experience. Um, the place I've come up with for my venue, one, because of size, because I'd want it to be a, um, a big event, because I said to you, I've never been able to get to a festival, so it'd be great to, to experience that, is a place that I don't actually know in what sort of condition the place is in these days, but anyone that grew up in the area or was around that sort of area would know it well. But Valentine's Park, kid, I go there with my nan, um, there was always a game of cricket on over there. It was always really busy. The flower beds were always extremely attractive. The little things you remember growing up as a kid. I'm not sure how attractive they'd be after a festival, but it's a place that always lives in my memory. Huge area, so it would get all the people in that, that we would want at our festival. And the biggest part of it for me was growing I was really into my cricket. I was better at cricket than I was at football. Um, and I spent... a over there playing for Ilford Cricket Club um, and you know really um, fond memories of that and, and like I say for me a very attractive part that I used to spend time with my family and my, and my grandparents at so um, Valentine's Park would be my uh, my choice for a venue. Great choice obviously I grew up in Gantz Hill so I know yeah. Valentine's Park very well and there were points I think in the mid-90s where they actually did put on music festivals I'm sure yeah. James Brown ended up playing Valentine's Park oh, um, wow. at some point back in the day. So a great choice there, uh, keeping it local uh, in the best park, I think, in Essex. Um, yes, it goes, It goes without saying. So you mentioned it before, how difficult it was getting to your five acts. But before we get to your five acts, are there any acts that you kind of want to mention who haven't made your five but you feel worthy of a mention? Yeah, first of all, mentioned it already, but my daughter Poppy's fuming that she hasn't made the final cut. Um, I would say <laughs> maybe that, she could be compared. I would, yeah, maybe she could. What I would say is, in years to come, if she keeps practicing, she might get an entry if I have to uh, reassess and reanalyze. So, uh, unfortunately, I haven't managed to squeeze her in. Um, we can maybe get her a backstage pass for the event. Um, <laughs> Simply red. Um, like I think I might have mentioned them earlier, but something that I always remember as a kid, my dad, when they, you know, friends round or family round, my, my dad would always play his music quite late into the night, holding back the years and um, those sorts of songs around that sort of time was um, was something that I really really enjoyed listening to and I still do now. Um, I mentioned Boys to Men already, love Boys to Men. Um, They've done a couple of other varied albums. They've done some cover tracks recently, um, more, a little bit more sort of mellow stuff and uh, stuff that I really liked. But like I say, that Legacy album is something that I've always listened to and, and I continue to to the day. A little bit more lighthearted. It will turn eyebrows up, but E17 was a massive one in my, um, in my house growing up. My little brother loved them. Um, there was uh, undercuts, there was baseball caps, there was baggy jeans. It was a uh, had it all right. It, it was a Walthamstow thing. It was either them or take that back in the day. Yes, um, agree. And I think being from Walthamstow, there was always um, 
it was always something that you can familiarise yourself with. Um, probably went in a little bit of a different direction to, to take that when you look at where they probably all are now. <laughs> but um, you know, a group of um, a group of people that uh, you know they're, they're 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 actually very very talented boys. Brian Harvey who had a fantastic voice. You know, for all the publicity he had for so many other things he got, he had a really really good voice. And there's some stuff that you listen to on YouTube sometimes that. Um, is away from the E17 work that he did, and you and you listen to you know what I say, talented boy, but what he really was. Um, but obviously, uh, got caught up and, and, and chose a, a few different paths that, that probably didn't help his singing career. Um, but a, but a group that I think it was it Tony Mortimer, I think was like the real sort of brain. Yeah, I mean, he, he wrote the songs, didn't he? So, yeah, he used to earn a lot of money, stay another day every Christmas. Every, oh, mate, can you imagine what he's got from that? I mean, he, he played mm. the piano, he was a talented boy, wasn't he? He, um, he seemed like the little bit more sort of settled one out of them all, to be honest. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I say, I, I think when you look beyond the, some of the stories that have gone with E17 through their careers and in the last years, I think um, you see that, you know, you don't get you don't get some of those hits that they had without being, you know, having some level of um, of creativity or talent, which they said. Yeah, I mean, they were in the kind of heyday of boy bands, weren't they? I mean, yeah. they weren't up against take that, that. You had Boyzone, Westlife. Westlife, yes, right, yeah. And again, all that sort of music, really, growing up was... was was stuff that I that I liked, but I thought E seventeen just because of the uh, the Walthamstow connection was uh, was was something that ra- they ran it very close, but but never quite made the cut. Fair enough. So some big acts you've just mentioned they haven't made the five. So I think it's that time of the podcast where we start delving in now to your five choices. So it's two o'clock at Valentine's Park. Mystery of Sound sold out. Poppy's got a backstage pass. She's loving life. The dog's going mental backstage. <laughs> the Imbletons are loving it. It's two o'clock. It's time for the opening act. Ross, who are going to be your opening act at your Mystery of Sound Festival? So my opening act at the Mystery of Sound Festival, I would have to bring her back from the dead. Um, but We can do that, don't worry. But my, she back is, dead. for me, uh, as talented a singer, um, a flawed genius when you look at the very top, you know, in the in the same bracket as I would say in Michael Jackson, I would say in comparing it to other fields, you know, the likes of Maradona and George Best, if we relate it to football, Gaza, um, those flawed geniuses always turn our heads. But Amy Winehouse would open my um, would open my mystery of sound as the um, as the first singer on that day. I think that Back to Black album. Is absolutely magnificent, and I, I I could I could listen to um I could listen to her voice and the variations in terms of the obviously she has her album that she put together on that front, but um at the same time when you listen to her you know sort of vary some of the songs that she's got on there um away from what she done on that album she was so incredibly talented obviously lost far far too young but um. You know, obviously a very, uh, very sort of mixed up and confused young girl, but unbelievably talented, and her voice is uh, was so unique. I think it was, uh, it was fantastic. Great choice there. She only ever made two albums. Incredible. Believe it or not. Incredible. Um, I was lucky enough to see Amy Winehouse back in the day when um, I was a store manager for HMV. We used to have acts come and play our conferences, and Amy Winehouse came, and it was when she was really going on like this kind of downhill. Um, journey and she'd done her first song and she was really good and got through it but two songs in she kind of lost herself and oh, well. two and a half 
a half song in, she kind of left. But then when she left, she was really chirpy and said goodbye to everyone. But yeah, massive, massive loss. But tracks like Rehab, uh, Back to Black, Back to Black. Valerie, I mean, she completely changed the, the pace of Valerie. And now that's probably the yeah. best known version by a mile. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's compl- like, completely changed the way she approached that. It was, um, but the whole album, you know, like, he's, there's not always many albums out there that you stick them on and you let the whole thing play. You know, they tend to be one or two songs on there where you feel you need to skip them. But even the lesser known songs that, that she come up with on there, she just had such uniqueness about the way she sung, but the way she carried herself. There's nothing of, I mean, I know when she was in a real bad place, she looked very frail, but there was nothing of her. She was tiny and she had all that air on her head, didn't she? She just yeah. she was so um, unique looking. Um, that and, and and everything about her was just so different, and um, like I say, it's incredibly sad the way that she um she fell away and, and it ended. But but an unbelievably talented like young girl. Yeah, great choice, a great first choice to open up the mystery of sound festival. So Amy Winehouse gets an hour and plays from two till three o'clock. It doesn't quite nice feel enough to, for for her, but um, someone's got to start it. Someone's got to open it up. Mate, great choice. Great choice. I did not expect Amy Winehouse, but as soon as you started talking about a flawed genius, I thought, oh, great choice. Really, really good. So time for our super second slot at half past three. This act will get an hour to play till half past four. So, Ross, who's going to play in your super second slot? I would say this guy is a little bit similar in terms of some of the tones that he had in his voice when he sang. Uh, My wife's turning her nose up already because she don't particularly like him, but there is... um, (laughs) There's a, a family connection, which I'll come to in a minute, not, not, not in terms of relation or anything like that, but it was a connection to one of his songs that, we, um, that we've got in our family. But again, very unique, very, his, own, very his own unique style in terms of the way he dressed, the way he danced. Um, and then I think the tunes and, the, and, and like I say, the, the tone of his voice that, that he had with, with, with his singing was, um, was again, very unique. Um, and that is Jamiroquai. Oh, do you know? Do you know? I heard you Mary yesterday. I heard Space, Space Cowboy walking down Loughton, and I thought, yeah. I wonder if Ross will um, pick him because I remember at the Justin Edinburgh um, gala dinner, Space Cowboy came on. Right. So I'm sure I saw you. I'm sure I saw you throwing shapes to that one, right. singing along. You did, and that's the, that's where the family connection is. And I, I challenge anybody to, to to go away and listen to this. So. As I mentioned earlier, my brother's a DJ and um, my granddad is called Granddad Terry. So my dad's dad is called Granddad Terry. And if you listen to the words, the space cowboy, he says Granddad Terry. (laughs) Now, anyone will tell you and the lyrics will tell you that he says planetary. But I'm telling you now, when you listen to the words, (laughs) he says it's a Granddad Terry in that song. Um, so we call it the GT song for obvious reasons. And um, we're convinced in our house that somewhere along the line, he's told everyone he says it's planetary, but it's actually Grandad Terry. Um, but like I say, it's obviously not just that song, but I just like the way that um, how out there he was, um, you know, how, how, how different he was. The way he moved was a little bit different to everybody else. Yeah. It was... Um, you know, very, very like again, very colourful character, very um, different character. You know, some of the acts that he wore, the way he dressed, 
little bit out there. Not, not you know, not personal preference in terms of the way that I'd, uh, I'd like to be seen, but um, that that element of creativeness that he had is um, it was again for me. And for me, like I say, the way that he was and the way that he he sung his songs, I think would be a good follow on from Amy Winehouse. So it's not quite as random as as it could have been. I think he would um, he would definitely have been um, a good one to follow on and maintain what I'm sure she would have uh, set as a great tone and a start to the day. And I would say that Travelling Without Walking was the very, very close to being the album choice, but, oh, okay. but it missed out narrowly. Great choice there, Jamiroquai. The first thing I'm going to do once we stop recording is go and check out Space Cowboy. And I'm telling you, yes, yeah, so really. I defy anyone to tell me otherwise. <laughs> he actually does a slow version and you can hear the planetary in there and it sort of squashed all the rumours in a family um, which is a bit of a shame but I'm telling you now if you listen to the, the original version he says Grandad Terry I'm going to have to listen out for that yeah make sure you do <laughs> but some great tracks from Jamiroquai Virtual Insanity yeah. Springs to Mind yeah, like you said his moves his music videos his style was completely different at the time and it was a white guy doing all these things at the time which was just completely different to what we'd seen in like yeah. the early to mid nineties. So great choice for your super seconds act. So very strong first to act there, Ross. Good. So Good. And I'm hoping I can follow on. I'm hoping I can follow on and maintain because that's it's all right starting well and finishing well. It's the middle that matters. Absolutely. So let's see who you're going to follow on with. So it's five o'clock now. It's time for the midway madness slot. So who who is taking your midway madness slot? I wouldn't describe them as madness, but I would have said that madness is definitely a group that I would have, um, I should have mentioned when you said who's missed out. I love the lyrics in some of the madness songs and growing up, they were a, a band that I listened to a lot in the car. Wouldn't dare play it indoors because I'd get frowned at and it'd probably get switched off quite quickly. But madness <laughs> is a group that I should have mentioned in my ones that missed out because I really like them. But, my middle, my middle run, my my middle slot, my third act to uh, to come on is a group that again I said I grew up listening to as a kid through my mum and dad. My wife is uh, a huge fan. Um, we've got a very like sort of common um, fondness for for this group, um, and I think they'd be perfect to follow on and maybe just even maybe liven things up a little bit more off the back of Amy Winehouse and Jamira Choir, and that would be UB40. Oh, great choice. Great choice, UB40. So you, you've obviously mentioned them a bit throughout yeah. the podcast, but why, like, what do UB40 mean to you? What, what's the connection there? My, my dad and my mum listened to them as I, as I was growing up, really simply. Uh, but like I say, me and, me and my wife and, 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 and my, my kids, we listen to, to, to UB40 a lot in the car and at home. Um, like I say, com a common fondness forum as you know when, when we got together, both understanding and and I think probably in the car when we first got together, it was a um, there was you know albums of UB40 being played. Uh, I think the songs like Rat in the Kitchen, I think yeah. like Red Red Wine, catchy songs when I was a kid. But I think things like Many Rivers to Cross, Cherry O Baby, um, songs like that that really um, were were like special songs to to me as a kid growing up and sort of remind you of family parties and remind you of, you know, aunts and uncles coming around and having a drink and the music being played on a, on a Saturday night or whatever was, um, you know, obviously really good times 
as a kid, like I say, common theme for me and the wife and, and um, a, a fantastic group that I was fortunate enough to go and see live, as I said earlier, at Wembley Arena, first concert my mum and dad took me to. And then, you know what else as well? I went to see a group at the Standard, uh, the music venue in Walthamstow. Oh, we've had the Standard mentioned a couple of times. Oh, me and my mate used, used to play there in bands. Yeah. Amazing opposite, venue. Opposite Yasser's Kebab Shop, which is another fantastic venue. Yes. <laughs> I can still use it to the day. Often seen in there after or in home games. Um, the Standard Music venue, I went there and see a tribute act called UB40. Um <laughs> So again, not quite UB40 themselves, but any uh, any excuse or any opportunity to get a little bit more of a um, a dose of of UB40 music. So uh, yeah, for me, a very good act to follow, um, and and a, and, a, and a, with a lot of you know very common themes across my life, to be honest. Yeah, he's got a very distinctive voice, hasn't he, Ali Campbell? So yeah. Hits his first note, you know exactly who you're listening to. You know exactly what it is, right? Yeah, exactly right. And I think some of the Obviously, the, the you know the lyrics and the uniqueness of some of those songs that that, mm. that they add, like I say, there just you know right in the kitchen, red red wine, those sorts of things. There, you know, very catchy, very memorable. You know, everyone knows them, even if you don't like them. Um, but then I think of like the you know the varied tones of music that that goes alongside a lot of their their music, and uh, you know, he's he's, he's uh, and 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 I think as well to not be underestimated the length of time they've been around. You know that they they my wife went to. The yeah. Uh, going back probably three or four years, uh, she went to see them at Chelmsford Racecourse. Um, so they're still, you know, still to a degree going strong, and you know, you know, been going for a very, very long time. And that's something that should never be underestimated in any walk of life, but, but certainly when it comes to music. Yeah, absolutely, great choice there. So UB40 take the midway madness lot. So we're now getting into the early evening. It's half past six, so the next act we're going to get an hour and a half, so a bit longer than the first three acts. So, Ross, who's taking your pre-headline slot? I've been desperate to see this guy live. Um, haven't actually got the opportunity to do it. A few years back, uh, he done he performed at the O2 um, a couple of nights, and I know a few people that went, and all over their social media, it was constant videos of all the magnificent songs that he's made. Um, but I've had the opportunity to quite get to see him. Um, unbelievably talented. Again, um, going back at, going back at a few years in terms of um, when he was really in his prime. But I think there'd be no one better for me in terms of stepping up for the hour and a half slot and leading us, uh, I suppose, towards the back end of the of the festival would be Lionel Richie. Ah, oh, fantastic choice. Fantastic choice. I, I got my mother-in-law tickets to see him about three years ago. Oh. And she said he was incredible. And I remember when he played Glastonbury about three years ago on the Sunday slot, on the legend slot, yeah. at half past three. And he obviously didn't have any idea the scope of Glastonbury. And you could just see how much the crowd were into it. He played like about an hour and a half, actually. And it was just, just hit after hit. And you could tell he didn't expect to go down as well as what he did. Yeah. Yeah, but just like he's another one, like where you listen to his music or you put on a, you know, on a on a mix mix of whatever from you know if you can go on, go on YouTube or wherever you do it, and and he he's just hit after hit, song after song that you know that you you know the words to. Again, it'll be like I said, there were you before. If you don't, even if you don't like him, you know the words to his music. 
And I think that um, for a guy of his age and, and, and obviously with such a fantastic voice, when you look at the likes of people like Rod Stewart, you know, I'm not a fan of Tom Jones, but but you listen to him sing, you have to respect the fact that they're still going at the age that they are and still able to perform to the level that they are with the quality of the of the voice that they've got. is um, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing, really. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, I, I just... I'm. I don't have anything in front of me, but I, I just write down tracks as people tell me their acts, and I've just written down my destiny, <laughs> dancing on the ceiling, all night long, which is probably my favourite line yeah. of Richie's song. As soon as that intro comes in, you can't help but just smile and get up and do a little shuffle. <laughs> Three <laughs> times a lady, running with the night, brick house. I mean, endless love, another classic. I'm I'm pretty, he's got so many classic tunes. Yeah, and you see him like when you see his videos, his music videos. When you really look back on them, there's nothing. Or, or I don't think I'm talking out of turn here, but when you watch him, there's nothing fancy in him. He seems to just have like a white jacket on walking down the road. <laughs> you know, just like where he's just cut too cool for school, but but just cool enough not to have to push it any further than, yeah, I'm here to, I'm here to sing a song and oh, I've got to have a video. He's, uh, yeah, just, just, just a cool guy. And um, like I say, just, just to keep going to the level that he does and with the quality that he does at his age and to put on the, the performances, like you mentioned there, in front of so, you know so many at Glastonbury to to do that and get all of those people that probably weren't even born when he was really in his prime mm. up on their feet and, and and having a good time. I think um, yeah, and, and, and an amazingly talented guy that um, that, that I, ha- I could not. Let- great pick, great pick, and a perfect act to take your pre-headline slot to get the club really. Warm up for your headline act. So, Lionel Richie does an hour and a half. He takes us to eight o'clock. And half an hour later, it's half past eight. It's time for your headline act. We're going to get two and a half hours to give the Mystery of Sound Festival the ending it deserves. So, Mr. Embleton, who is taking your headline act slot? Now, what I'm going to say to describe this closing act is that it's not necessarily about this this act that... um, that, that jumps out as the most appeal. So what I mean by that, um, incredibly huge names, my first four. And this, 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 what I've chose to, to isn't the um, same level. And some people won't even know who they are. It's the genre of music, what it means to me, um, going through my going out period of, uh, you know, from sort of 18 to 25, 26, but then what, my wife, um, the music I like to listen to if I want to make things a little bit livelier, um, potentially in the gym. Um, we absolutely love our and garage in this in this house. If we ever go out and this the <laughs> DJ playing and the music being played, my missus is the nuisance DJ asking for certain um, house and garage songs to make sure it's played. So my closing act, and albeit this would seem like a very anti-climax to some people. I feel it would pick up the party. It would be two and a half hours of incredible music. Um, we had uh, an, a garage hour at my wedding where my wife's granddad, my nan, um, all the, you know, anybody at the wedding was encouraged to put their chairs away and get up on the dance floor. And we've got fantastic videos and, and pictures of, of our family joining in the, the, uh, the garage period. Um, or the garage hour that was played by my brother at our wedding. Um, so we would um, have to close the um, close the mystery of sound. 
in, I suppose, as well. DJ Luck and MC Neat. <laughs> Very good. Um, I, I'll be honest, I've thought about DJ EZ, but he's a little much for me. A little bit I had, I had, I started writing down DJ EZ. I thought you were going to go for EZ there. I've got to be honest, I would have chosen my brother, but I'm not, because he does put on a good show when he, when he plays. Um, but if I'm brutally honest, I felt like that might not have closed your um, closed the festival with quite the name that, that people would have been looking for. So, will BJ Luck and MC Neat. That might not be um, quite quite the name that follows some of those other four. I do think they're capable of um, putting on a show, putting on a party, and um, and giving us a, a hell of a closing to the um, to the festival. Um, so, yeah, for me, it would have to be House and Garage to end it, and I don't think there's anything better than those two. Are they playing their own stuff, or are they playing? No, it be it would be a real mixture of, of House and Garage songs, like more like commercial garage, really. Um, yeah, the ones you can sing along to. Flowers, um, she's going to shout some out to me in the background, but um, but no, we've got, we we uh, it wouldn't be their own. They've got their own stuff, but it would be more. The, the commercial stuff that I'd want them to mix and play, and it'd be more of a DJ set than um, than perhaps a performance like the others would put on. Fine, so stuff like Are You Sleeping, Do Laddie. You, you know exactly the score, Steve. You know exactly where we're coming from. Mate, I, I, I'm the same age. I was there. I, what I, I would say is, what I would say is, I was <laughs> going to save this as one to mention as one of my closing songs, but I won't do that now. But we had, um, I'm sure you're going to remember this, but we had. Um, Special MC performed Joy at our wedding. Yeah, do you, do you remember Joy? Oi, yeah, Joy, yeah. Oi, oi. yeah, we had so uh, luck and neat to come and have a new one, and uh, and they and they could they couldn't make it for whatever reason, so I left it. And um, my wife knew which Richie was going to be playing a um a, a garage set for us at the wedding, but she didn't know that that Joe was going to be coming into to perform so he opened the wedding uh the dance floor with uh with a bit of oi oi uh, at the start of the wedding which was uh which was a great surprise to most of the people there but um a fantastic um you know fantastic input for him to perform his song live and then mc alongside some of the uh, the garage hour that we had going. that's amazing that's amazing i went to a very similar wedding last year where it was the traditional dance stuff or rock stuff in a covers band and they had a garage like hour as well, and everyone was just having the best time to it. So DJ yeah. Luck and MC Nick at your headline act, I'm sure they're going to get the crowd more and going in those two and a half hours. So at 11 o'clock, there's time for one more song. The Amy Winehouse, the Miracoir, UB40, Lionel Richie and DJ Luck and MC Nick can all perform together. <laughs> and what, are there any songs that you almost picked? And yeah. if not, what what is the song you're going to go with? So, uh, Joy was one of them because of the connection to to my wedding. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think that would have been right. I'm not couldn't quite feel UB40 inputting on on Joy. Um, then I then I then, you know what I then thought about Jungle is massive. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you talk about that song before. I'm sure you and Paul have spoken about that before. Yeah. <laughs> Jungle is massive because I thought that would be a great one to sing to, and I can imagine. The crowd going absolutely through the roof. It's yeah. the way is another uh, Gary song that 
that usually gets people jumping all over each other and, and causes a scene. But again, don't think that would quite make the most Lionel Richie. Um, so, so those one there really missed out. My favourite song, which is crazy that I'm not even going to include this, but he's Wifey by Next. Yeah, great track. Um, that's my favourite song. Um, but again, albeit I think I could, probably could have included everyone in, in terms of performing that together. Um, I'm, I, I needed to try and get a little bit more of the 80s, 80s groove type of feel to, to it. I haven't managed to, well, obviously I've got Lionel in there, but I haven't managed to really shoe on one of those real real big hits that I like from, from that sort of genre. Uh, Candy was my second. Oh, yeah. Uh, was my second in line, um, and and only narrowly beaten as my closing song to be performed by my five different acts was Saturday Love by Alexander O'Neill. Oh, Alexander O'Neill. Yes, I actually don't know this song. Saturday Love. <laughs> I'm to say. You don't know it? Oh my god! No, so I, I know cr- you right out here, haven't I? You have. I know Criticise and I know a few of his other ones, but Saturday Love doesn't ring any bells. So why why Saturday Love? I it's one of those songs where I'm gonna try and get my wife to find it on her phone while we're, while I'm while I'm on here. But um it's one of those songs where um again, a little bit like growing up a little bit, but then my brother does a really big eighties groove set and um it always seems to be on and I just feel like, I suppose, the stage of life you're, that I'm at now, you don't get too many garage nights out. Um, <laughs> if you have a night out, you listen to UB40 or Lionel Richie. But when you're in a bar or, or in that sort of environment, I know, you know, sitting by the pool on, the, on, on holiday or something like that, Saturday Love is a, um, is a really good song that, that, um, that I think that would complement all those um, barring luck and neat. I'm sure they could just, uh, you know, flash the lights and be seen. <laughs> the other, I could certainly include those four in um, in in trying to uh, and, and deliver that act to, to to close my festival. It sounds amazing. I mean, I may know that there's been loads of songs mentioned that I think I don't know, and then when I go back and listen, like I go, oh, that's the song. So it may turn yeah. out. That I don't know it, but yeah, Alexander O'Neill definitely know the artist. So a great, a great choice there um, for your encore. What act going to play an album in full? What what album did you decide? Ah, yes. Yeah, so, yeah, so again, I, I mentioned earlier that J.K. that Jamiroquai, um, Traveling Without Walking, uh, Space Cowboy, all of those sorts of to song uh, songs and albums that he performed, albeit not 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 many. Amy Winehouse, his Back to Black was magnificent. Lionel Richie obviously speaks for himself, but for me, Labour of Love by UB40 is the um, is the album that it would have to be. Earlier, some of the um, some of the songs that were on that album, but like Red Red Wine, Many Rivers to Cross, um, Cheerio Baby. I know my wife's favourite song, uh, UB40 song, is Impossible. Um, all on. Um, all on that album so for me it would have to be the uh, UB4 great choice of album I've heard a lot about your wife this season and I feel like Natalie will have to come on the Fantastival at some point in the future stipulate her yeah well she'd she, she be there I'm sure but now I've nicked UB40 she'd have to be a little bit more creative to be honest so <laughs> but I can tell you now there'd definitely be a garage presence if she ever does she does like a bit of reggae yeah she does anything goes at the Fantastival anything you like Garage, reggae, whatever, whatever works. 
for you. Okay, so we've got our five acts, we've got our album, we've got our encore. So in terms of summarising the sentence, your festival, in one sentence, how would you summarise it? What would you put on your flyer? Core, blimey, that's a very good one. I think on my on my flyer, it would have to be something that sticks along that theme of of uh, of mystery of the unexpected. It would be be prepared to be caught out. <laughs> like it. Be prepared to, or yeah, something along those lines for the unexpected. I think because it's um. I don't think the variation in there is, is too drastic because of the ones that I've chosen there. But I do feel like I say when I think about myself with with the music, it's um, there's a, a song that comes on on my playlist that no one's ever prepared for or expecting. So I think it's probably that my unexpected sort of uh, randomness that I could throw into uh, into the festival. That's great. That's that's what the beauty of music is, isn't it? Something that you might like might stick on with someone else and, and vice versa. Okay, so let's summarise Fantastical. Let's lock it all in to make sure you're happy with your choices. So we've got the Mystery of Sound Festival taking place at Valentine's Park. In your opening slot, we've got Amy Winehouse. In your super second slot, we've got Jamiroquai. Midway Madness slot, we've got UB40. In your pre-headline slot, we've got Lionel Richie. And headlining your fantastic all, we've got DJ Luck and MC Nee with the encore being Saturday Love by Alexander O'Neill and with UB40 playing their album Labour of Love in full. Are we happy with that? Are you happy to lock that in? I would love to attend that festival. I'd even sleep out overnight. <laughs> Mate, I, I don't know if we can make it happen, but I, I'm sure we can give it a great go. But what a lineup! Some great. Great acts in there. That fantastical is nothing to be ashamed of. That is a fantastic, fantastical one. You should be very proud of. I am. I am proud, and uh, like I say, I'm really pleased I've been able to do it because when I was listening to to your previous pods, I have and um, the whole time I'm listening, I'm thinking, right, well, no, maybe I wouldn't have choose. And and you start thinking, what? Someone mentions, you know, I don't know, or the Beatles, or you think, oh yeah, they're great. And then you think, mm, not sure if I'd really... And then you start doubting yourself because you think, how can I not have him in there? How can I not have Michael Jackson? Yeah. How do I not have Boys to Men? You know, all the, all the things that we've been through this evening, um, to not be able to include some of them um, is, is mind-blowing, really, to think that you uh, include DJ Luck and MC Neat instead of Michael Jackson. <laughs> quite, um, quite eye-opening. But like I say, I would never forgive myself. First of all, there was an element of us in Garage in there. So... Um, yeah, we all have our preferences, don't we? And we all make uh, we all make the choices that we make for and reasons. Yeah, of course. I think that's the thing that I'm really enjoying about this podcast is that no one's going to have the same five acts in the same order with the same encore. It, I mean, the odds against that. No, that would be yeah, that would be mind blowing. Must be huge. But after ten episodes, we've still not had the Beatles, which is probably oh, wow. the most surprising thing to come out. We've had the Stones, we've had Elvis, we've had Bob Marley, we've had Nirvana, we've had all the big hitters apart really from the Beatles and still haven't had Oasis uh, wow. surprisingly but yeah, I'm sure see, they not, that, that not, uh, yeah. I haven't even considered them they didn't even get a mention it's incredible no they've barely been mentioned which is unbelievable really um, yeah. but mate your five acts are fantastic so that is it thank you for listening to the 10th episode of the Fantastical Podcast if you've enjoyed this episode please subscribe Give the Fantastical Podcast a review on iTunes or if you're on Spotify or Anchor, 
give us a follow and please recommend this podcast to all of your friends and families. We are also on social media on Twitter. So please make sure you follow us at Fantastical P. And you can also email us at fantasticalpodcast at outlook.com. I think we mention it every week. But unfortunately, we can't play music in podcasts. It would have been great to put snippets of the songs in as we talk about them. But you can't really do that with a podcast. But if you have Spotify, go and check out any of Ross's picks this evening. Or if you've got a bit of money in your wallet, go to hnv.com. Go and buy some of these classic albums. They're going pretty cheaply these days. And the joy you will get cannot be underestimated. And we also have a Spotify playlist that all of our guests have collated. We tried to listen to this week. There are some fantastic tracks on there. So if you're bored, if you're on Spotify, type in Fantastical Podcast and you'll get two tracks from each artist selected so far. And there are some brilliant tracks, like I've said. A huge thank you tonight to my 10th Fantastical Podcast friend, Mr. Ross Embleton. Ross, how did you find it? I enjoyed it. really enjoyed it. It was um, great to analyse and to think about all of the uh, you know the details that go with um, with, with with the idea, I think it's a fantastic concept. I think uh, I think what you've come up with is really really unique. Brings a lot of joy to people music anyway. But to really analyse and think about it, you then um, the depth of uh, I suppose knowledge, but the depth that, that that's in your life because it's in all of our lives, isn't it? Every every day so it's been uh it's been fantastic i really enjoyed talking about it i really enjoyed um recognizing some of it um and and, and coming up with um with the idea is um is, like i say a, a fantastic one that, that, that you've done and uh, always an enjoyable listen but at the same time for, for me to come on and and, uh, and share this tonight has been uh, has been really enjoyable thank you no, thank you so much. It's been great having you on and I've really enjoyed it. So I'll be back soon with episode number 11. So please make sure to join me then. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. And please continue to spread the word. And that word is fantastical. Have a good week. Thank you.